Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That is me. We are a podcast dedicated to founders, uh, startups, entrepreneurs, and the money people. And we try to put that together with angels and uh, VCs, venture capitalists, uh, family offices, investment firms. We do not make recommendations to buy or sell. Do your own research. We are here mainly and primarily, if not exclusively, for information um, as maybe a starting point for some people. And so to that end today, um, I am very happy to introduce uh, Renat. Renat, you're going to have to help me with your last name. I don't want to mispronounce it, but how do you... Hyrulin. It's Renat Hyrulin. 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 Yes. Um, He is in New York City with Starta VC. Uh, a very interesting accelerator that helps companies from outside the United States come into the United States and does a lot more than that too. But um, he is uh, he is originally um, and is still and always will be Russian. But but you left Russia before the war started because you were concerned about what was happening to the country, right? Yeah, always there were only one point. So I'm Russian by citizenship, but I'm not Russian by ethnicity. So you're in America called nationality. We call nationalities different. So it's kind of like I always say that. I always like uh, it's kind of like disclaimer. So um, I'm Russian by passport. Like you're, for example, American, but you can be Irish, Italian, I don't know, Jew, Chinese. Uh, same, same, in, same with me. So I'm Russian by passport, but I'm Tatar. Like You're a Tartar, yes. That's, uh, Tartar, that's yes. very interesting. Um, what are Tartars like? What is the character? Uh, our language our language is from Turkic family of languages. So we're close to Kazakh's language, to Turkish language. Uh, we are Muslim originally, like our ethnicity. Are, we are Muslims uh, by like historically. Yeah. We live in a very, so in a, 1552 Russia conquered us so we live uh, uh, 500 years with Russia inside of Russia we I mean speak Russian we are like very right. uh, close I mean assimilated we have uh, families like Russian and Tatar families in Tatarstan so I'm originally from that region so and why did you leave I leave, left Russia uh, like half a year ago so last year we kind of me and my wife we decided to leave the country. Um, so we considered Turkey, Istanbul, uh, as the first destination, but then it's, uh, worked out with Starta. So that's why I'm here in New York. So I didn't plan to move completely to, to New York, to New York city, but it's, uh, it's just came like that. I mean, it's yes. amazing these days. So you're Russian, you were, um, uh, born in Russia, Tartar, um, by nationality, I guess you would say. Um, and yet I contacted you because of Africa. <laughs> Yes, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I always try to think of myself as a global person, so I don't want to, I don't like visas, passports and stuff, so I think in a modern world we can do our business whatever, wherever we want, we can connect with people, like internet helps us to do that, so we don't need to be in some places or another. and it's not like, I mean, but sometimes there's politics and uh, like pandemics, involves and yes and we have to you know do something with that but in general we can i mean you can do anything like globally so yeah it's 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 a crazy world i think zoom and even shows like this where people are kind of on a level playing field regardless of their location make that really interesting Mm -hmm. so 
Okay, so you're a uh, a Russian Tartar in New York, working in Africa. Yes. <laughs> so. Working, in, yes, with African. Yeah. Yes. So your job, as I understand it, is to create an African startup accelerator business for Start a VC, which is based in New York, but is in, has other locations. So, how do you do? How do you start something like that? So we don't make a difference between the country's origins. So we are a global accelerator. We help the different international founders to scale their businesses in the in the U.S. But with Africa, we didn't have any, I mean, significant expert, expertise, experience on that market. So we kind of, that's why we, set, we, we wanted to make it strategically. So we went there. We don't know market, okay? So we tried it, like we decided to work there, uh, on a startup model so we have a hypothesis we need to check it we need to prove it if yes we build the mvp and then we go like deeper so that's actually what we did uh what we have done the last year so yes it's uh, what did the MVP, we first what did the, M, what did the most via or, or the minimum viable product look like in africa after you got there we made a partnerships with the different incubators in africa so first we try to prove this hypothesis. So we started with Eastern European market, obviously, with the Russian, Ukrainian, and Belarus startups, historically, originally. And um, in on uh, Russian-speaking venture market, startups market, sometimes, like, it's not, I, I don't want to say default by default, but 80% of startups, they are looking at American market or European market, like, want to go global because markets are very small in Russia. And, uh, is, that true? Uh, is that true basically worldwide or uh, or just in... So we thought that is true worldwide, especially in Africa, but to be honest, uh, it's not. So uh, a lot of African startups, they don't want to... So they want to fundraise in US, for example, but they sometimes don't want to come and scale their businesses operationally in, uh, in the US. And don't they have a- because sometimes... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because sometimes they already they have solutions. They have a products that already exist in America, for example. Right, I'm, and they isn't can, there isn't there a big problem? I I mean, I was just talking to somebody in India, uh, and Jordan as, as an example that companies in many countries outside the United States basically do copycat products, so that 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 can be a damper on innovation. It's some countries. Yeah, so, so for example, do you know the uh, last mile delivery companies? For example, in New York, like uh, sure. it was bike, fridge, no more. Uh, so they actually Russian teams. They were Russian teams, and they had this model very successful in Moscow. And then they tried to scale this model to to New York City, and it's worked somehow. But because of the crisis, because it's war, um, some of them are kind of the businesses dead. Dead, but. Uh, from from like Eastern European markets, they usually scale their businesses. They scale their models. They scale to the U.S. Because to be honest, in Russia and Ukraine, the digital uh, solutions are very well developed. So we have, I mean, fintech. I, I used to work in a bank, and I came to New York in 2015 to uh, for a Finn conference. And I thought, okay, I'm coming to New York. Uh, I, I will see some cool ideas for banking for fintech you know, on a fintech market, but I was surprised that they presented some electronic billing stuff, electronic like uh, you know this 
to replace the physical mail bills to to online was 2015. I said, what we we have all that stuff already in Russia. I mean, we have a good online banks like Tinkoff. I don't know if you know. I used to. I mean, I was a client of that bank. They don't have any branches. No offices at all. So bank doesn't have it, just online bank. I I literally don't have, I didn't have this habit to go to the banking office. So that's why in some markets, uh, I, I have to say that Russia and uh, Ukraine and Belarus they were very well developed. Now with African, I have to I have to point this out because I started to do online banking in um, 1982. With, with um, a chemical bank, and I want—I got to tell you, it was so long ago. It was what was great about it is you could see if a check had cleared. <laughs> that was yeah, really that was yeah. like the, the main thing. Long time. But I tried some some I tried some American uh, Citibank or Wells Fargo, the online banks. I mean, very bad. <laughs> I mean, my perception because we already have this even. Uh, Russian biggest biggest banks they have a very good online like mobile applications very UI UX is in a very high level so yes with Africa if, if you're asking about Africa it's very different so they solve the very specific problems of Africa of African countries so sometimes they don't need to go here uh, to the US like scale their businesses uh, but they definitely want to fundraise here because all money in here so they want to come they want to incorporate here more secured market more i mean the jurisdiction is more transparent more understandable so you'd better to i mean they want to like incorporate here fundraise get some investments and then uh, operate in africa so, so, so this is, i have a question about this do most of them in your experience uh just want to incorporate and raise money or do they want to really be American companies? Do they want to really make a big impact in the United States? It's a difference. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. But uh, the, the, for, for, uh, for our model, we, we realize that some of the companies, they can become a bridges, kind of like bridges between Africa and the United States. So two out of three companies from previous batch, like batch 12, uh, they, they're working as a bridge. So one startup, uh, they <clears throat> connect African developers software developers with American clients. So it's kind of like bridge. They have clients here, like B2B and clients there. The other startup, they uh, kind of like crowd investing platform for uh, real property in Africa, but they focus first on diaspora here in the United States because they have more money, they have more experience in that, they, don't, they do not afraid of investing uh, in uh, some kind of, like I mean, real property in Africa, and they want to, you know, I mean, show some impact. I mean, try to do some impact. Some, some. It's not a charity; it's a business. But uh, they want to do something in Africa. So, what are the, the special challenges of developing startups in Africa? <clears throat> it's not. I mean, it's not a challenge. that you can start. It's, it's uh, as I see, it's a lack of money, like investments, because every statistic shows that a lot of money comes uh, come from from you from the US actually. So sometimes it's like U.S. VCs, sometimes it's uh, African diaspora or like founders who made some stuff here and they have money, they want to invest in African startups. Sometimes it's African uh, uh, citizens and originally Africans who went to U.K. or U.S. to study for studying for university. They, they graduate from university, they launch their businesses. They work, they make the money, they do exits, and they then they come back and uh, try to help startups in there. Uh, 
but they're very uh, the similarities between African market and Eastern European market, for example, that's it's a lack of uh, we call a social elevator. I don't know what's the correct uh, term in, in in English. It's like when you can grow up uh, in a business in such a level. So I mean, in Russia, for example, you cannot. It's very low chance that you will be a top manager of a big corporation because they have their own sons, the top managers, they try to push them. It's like a problem. And uh, IT is a land of free, I would say. Mm. So uh, IT gives you opportunity to, I mean, be successful. This is a success uh, problem. And I think that is very... Social scale, yeah. Yeah, social, yes, yes. So uh, as I see, for example, in Nigeria, it's very similar with Russia. So IT, so all like bright-minded young people, they try to go to IT because they think that they uh, can uh, reach some success in there. And uh, that's why a lot of people, they become a developers, some of them become a product managers, I don't know, different, different, uh, uh, in different ways. But the quantity always uh, goes by, uh, with the quality. So if a lot of people go go to IT, so some it's anyway it's become like a lot of startups will be launched, uh, a lot of big startups, a lot of unicorns, and then investments and everything like going and going like that. So it, we saw this in Russia in two thousands, and Russia, Ukraine, all Eastern European countries, uh, and now we see the same thing in Africa. So that's why actually we. I think it's fascinating that you connect the dots so directly between Eastern Europe and Africa. But what makes you? And so that that sounds inherently pretty optimistic. What makes you optimistic about Africa, African companies? Um, as I said, so it's like a venture business. So you try to invest in a lot of startups and some of them would be successful and you make the, your money on and that. So nowadays, Africa is uh, the biggest and youngest population in the world. So a lot of them, I mean, they have a pretty good uh, school education. I mean, um education like uh middle education like like schools from schools they try to uh learn by online uh universe like coursera for example they try to do that and they try to become a software developer some of them some of them uh product managers project managers and uh that's why we think that that's why we kind of decided to go to africa because we thought that our experience with Eastern european companies can be very uh, helpful and valuable for african startups do you know what the, that's why we went there do you know what the average age of uh, the african population is i don't know statistics like under 30 i believe like uh, i don't know the exact 19 yeah it's the youngest uh, continent in the world i think by far yeah yeah that's yes and they they don't have any they don't have any ways to you know to be let's say successful to go to the top like a big companies enterprise they don't have a lot of very big companies so that's why i think that anyway they will go to like it so because it's okay again about a globalization so it's global stuff you can work you can stay in africa and work for american company as a software developer and uh you will uh, your your salary would be in dollars, and when you exchange dollars to your local currency, I mean you'll be like very rich person. Yeah. It's same in Russia actually. I I have a lot of friends. They used to work uh, for American companies as freelancers, or they were, they've been hired by American companies, American startups, and their salary comparing with uh, average Russian salaries was very high. 
So that's why now, yeah. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's why now because of this uh, whole uh, war stuff and uh, Mastercard and Visa, they kind of blocked the cars there. So they try to leave the country, uh, Russia, and uh, live in, in in other countries and still receive money from from companies and keep working. That's that's a huge problem. Yeah. So I mean, we've talked about okay. Africa very broadly. Tell me about the differences and the advantages, disadvantages in different countries of Africa. So to be honest, we just work with English speaking Africa right now. So we're trying to, to go. It was like an MVP. So we said, OK, we would start with the English speaking uh, countries and then we would go uh, to a French uh, speaking. So we already were the English speaking countries. Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa. So Nigeria is the biggest one. I mean, when we we have online um, pre-acceleration program and we posted it in uh, VC4A. Do you know VC4A? It's like uh, GAST in Africa, very big, uh, like portal, like uh, website, connecting different investors, accelerators, and startups. It's called VC4A, four, like four. Um, and we we they posted our program in there. And I mean, Nigerian company, Nigerian founders, they just killed it. I mean, they just, uh, they we now we have 44% of all applications from Nigeria, oh, like all enrollments. I, mean, I actually have a very uh, skilled, uh, my assistant is in Nairobi, uh, is in Nairobi Kenya, Kenya, yeah. um, Laura Etienne, and she's doing a great job for me. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you are so much anymore, does it? Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. So... Yeah, we most so this is a big four, I, I would say. So uh, when you see statistics, you always they put Egypt, but Egypt we consider it's like Mena, like Middle East, North Africa. So it's kind of like different market. Sure. It's uh, Arabic. So so we we can uh, when I'm talking about Africa, I'm talking about Sub-Saharan Africa. Sub-Saharan. So uh, for, for sure. So that's why the biggest markets like Ghana, Nigeria, Nigeria is the biggest. Ghana is better, a small country, but their their legal system is uh, better than. I mean, it's like pretty much like uh, like American and English. I mean, English based legal system. Have you done anything in Senegal as yet? Not yet. So we have connections in Cameroon. We have a connection in Burkina Faso. So we try to make these partnerships, yes. Um, so French-speaking Africa is like next step. Are you going to be able We're to go to step. Africa soon? Yeah, I hope so. I had this uh, visa stuff in US, so I couldn't leave the country. No. I changed my status. So yes, now, but we are uh, on like in the middle of process of launching two boot camps in Africa, one in Lagos, one in Cape Town in South Africa. So we already have uh, partners in there. So we're trying to launch it with some uh, incubators. That's great. Now, let me just change focus slightly to Starta VC, where you work. You've got the Mm -hmm. Starta Accelerator sweatshirt on. Behind you have the Starta Accelerator Batch 12. Um, How how do you, um, and I think your specialty is kind of companies coming into the U.S. market. um, And when did it start? And how do you handle, you know, execution, marketing and investment, helping people with investment? How does it really, how does it work? It started, so our founder and general partner, so he's an investor from Russia and he, he got his portfolio companies and they reached up, reached, uh, the, just reached the level when they need to go global. And he tried to push them to like, to the US to be, to become a global company. 
he, he arrived here and as he, I mean, it's his story, but not mine, but he came here and he tried to find some soft launch, soft landing acceleration program to help them, to help his portfolio companies to like to scale their businesses here. But he couldn't somehow, I don't know why, but he couldn't find any partnerships and he just decided to launch his own acceleration program. So he launched it and at first it was just for portfolio companies, but then it grew up and become like, so now any company can apply. Uh, program is equity based, so they technically become our uh, portfolio companies after that, after and like, you take, uh, signing. Uh, you uh, take a percentage, right? A, a four percent, yes. is that right? 4%? It's a standard deal. It's like four percent, but it depends on evaluation of a company. Uh, so it's all negotiable. It's different situations. We have a bigger companies. We have uh, smaller, like uh, very early stage companies. We started with mostly with early stage companies. Their criteria is they have to have some uh, traction uh, on their home market. So that's how we. It's not going to be. It's not necessarily have to be very big, but um, like revenue. But we want to see this proven hypothesis. So we understand, okay, you, you got your clients, paying clients in your home country. So we understand that you know what you do. You prove your, your hypothesis uh, been proven and uh, you can try you can try to prove this hypothesis in, on American market. So. And what do you actually do to help them? Uh, it's like big, so uh, three big, things like three big streams so first of all is communications so we have a communication uh, workshops in one one session a great communication coach so she's she's tried to help international founders to you know to pitch to communicate to deliver their message to american potential american clients investors so it's a bit different so you have a differences uh, when you pitch for example in russia or in, in the us so it's very different and uh, it's the main goal and on the beginning of the program. So we try to focus on that. So that's why we have uh, every week we have a pitch contest. So uh, founders, they can, can they train. You can, they, it's like a gym for them. So they can uh, improve their um, uh, pitches every week, week by week. So we invite different judges, investor, US investors, entrepreneurs, some experienced people. They leave a feedback. They ask the questions, and based on that feedback, they improve uh, their pitches for the next pitch contest for next week. It's the first uh, thing. Second big uh, thing is the U.S. sales. So we try to help them to uh, make first sales. It's a marketing, U.S. sales. So it's about this, this proving a hypothesis. So if they, uh, they're able to get some clients, so okay, so that's that's a thing. So they can uh, try to, uh, you know, develop their business in the U.S. So we have a coaches uh, in sales and marketing in a different way than B2B sales, B2B sales. So we try to, uh, you know, like competitive analysis, like uh, ideal customer uh, portraits. So they work on everything like that. So to, to do this, to, to start sales here in the U.S. And uh, third, the biggest thing is the fundraising, of course. It's usually the uh, last month we focused on that in the last month so they already have some they uh, develop their communication skills they they try to sell and with they uh, like define their message to their clients and with that they can go to investors so we try to help them to get investors and our main goal is um, so we invest by ourselves 
But for us, acceleration program is kind of like due deal. So we try to track the company, track the founders. And if, if we see that, so we call it investment fit. So if they can uh, fundraise, they, if they have commitment from the other investors, and from Nana, from, from our network, we never hide our startups. We're really interested if, I mean, uh, we're really interested in getting investments from other investors, from different VCs, angels. And if they do that, we can join the round. We usually join, join the round. After someone outside has invested. If they say, okay, so if, for example, one startup, they need 300K, let's say. And they come to us and say, uh, we have a commit commit from an investor, from angel investor for 100K. We say, okay, cool. We see the market fit. We see the execution of the team. And we say, okay, we're ready to give you extra 100K, for example. And, and they need 300. And for uh, last 100, we show them to our co-investment platform. We have a co-investment platform with angel investors, and we present the startup, the pitch for our angels, the, our network. And that's how, and some of angels, they invest through us. So, that, so we don't. That's, uh, that's all, that's after you have, a, you have made a commitment yourself and you've had that uh, confirmed, the company is confirmed by outside investors first, then you, then your angel network. Yes. Yeah, so so the tr- three main points for us, execution. So we track the company, the execution of the team. How do they, I mean, how do they perform? How do they uh, reach their goals, KPIs? So it's usually the accession program and then three months follow on support with it's like half a, half, half a year usually, half a year, nine months. So we're still tracking uh, the, the company, the founders. It's the first one. The second is the market fit. So if they start some sales here, okay, we see, okay, they, they have this product market fit in the US. Mm-hmm. And third is investment fit. If they attracted some other investors, we see, okay, it's, it's, kind of, uh, it's proof that we can make a mistake. But if we see that other investors are interested in the company, so okay, we oh, we kind of made this good decision um, accepting the startup to accelerator, and we did a good work. So that's that's how it works. And then, um, do you continue investing in subsequent rounds, or what? Do do you end up with an exit strategy at a certain point? It's different. It depends on the startup. Sometimes we do. I mean, we join to further rounds. Sometimes we try to exit. It's different. It depends on situation. I cannot say that's the one strategy. Yeah, that. sometimes that happens, sometimes it don't. It doesn't, mm-hmm. rather. Um, yeah. And I love this idea of the pitch contest in New York City every week. That's exciting. Where do people stay when they come to New York? Um, they, it's we we give some connect contacts and connections, but usually they do Airbnb hotels. Uh, sometimes they find something because we had this idea to buy like house or an apartment, big apartment, and give it, but it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> so maybe before the pandemic, not after the pandemic. Yeah, the before the pandemic. And the founders are different. They don't want to leave. Some of them, are, uh, they they come to U.S. being a quite a, uh, experienced entrepreneur. Some of them come with families. They don't want to live in a room with other founders sometimes. Yes. So it's complicated. So we said, okay, we can help you. We provide a relocation note. We have this uh, investment, a small investment. Uh, if they need that, it's not mandatory. So some some of them say no. We don't want to give extra share. Uh, but some of them yes, we need money for that. So we help with that. Uh, and they have to find something here in New York by themselves. Some of them live in Jersey City. Some of them in Brooklyn. I mean, it's uh, it's very different. So Renat is a uh, um, an executive at Start a VC in charge of 
Africa, but based in New York from Russia, probably going to Africa not too long from now. Um, it's really a global world, but it's been great to have it's been great to have you. And I think one of the things this shows is that how we know it's global, right? We already know that you know we live in a global world. We live in a global marketplace. But you've also reinforced that um, a lot of eyes are still on the United States. And I've, I've seen this in my work that people, I see a lot of companies and had a conversation today about a company wanting, you know, how do I come to the United States? How do I do it? It's, it's a major hurdle. Your group, Starta.vc, Starta.vc, has done a very good job of kind of um, addressing that particular need in the accelerator space. And um, and there are startup accelerators um, all over the world now, so it's it's a it's a pretty interesting concept. But uh, most of all, I want to thank you for being with us today. You've been a great guest, and um, you know we will if uh, if people out there are the praying kind of people, we'll all be praying for Ukraine and um, hoping that uh, you know Russia hears our prayers too. Um, yeah. yeah, me too. Yes. Uh, if you check my social networks, yes, uh, I didn't support that stuff from the beginning. We have friends in Ukraine. I mean, it's not a war of, uh, I was in a protest here in New York. So, and I like, uh, had discussions with Africa, uh, Ukrainians. Um, I mean, people still, I mean, people stay, I mean, it's, it's a political, uh, I don't want to say bad words here, but I mean, yeah, I'm, completely 100% against this war. It's like not Russian war, to be honest. It's uh, Russian not interested in that. Russian people, like my generation, my people from my like bubble, I would say, from like IT companies, we're not interested in that. As I said, we want to be global. Uh, whole politics, like like late, like latest uh, 10 years was bad. So we are isolating and isolating and isolating. I, we don't support that stuff. Yeah. And war is like, I didn't expect that, to be honest. I, I didn't, I, I, like in February, I said, no, nobody, it's, it's like insane. Nobody wanted, I mean, it's, nobody interested in that. It's just a, no good scenario. War is the worst scenario. You, do, you do, I thought it's like a bluff in a poker to yeah, get yeah, this no, stuff. I'm, but I'm with you, but uh, now we can just hope that... Uh... That Putin's bluff is called, but we want to we want to thank you so much um, for being with us, and uh, hope you'll stay in touch. We want to hear more about Africa um, because I think yes, particularly sub-Saharan Africa. Um, we had a, yeah, we want yeah we had mm -hmm. a guest on Travis, yeah we want to develop it Travis uh, Ruffy from uh, LIGO Partners from uh, uh, he's in London, but he also has taken an interest and made investments in sub-Saharan Africa. So it's a pretty cool spot. And, um, and it's really, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of talented people, which is another way of saying there's opportunity. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Well, so yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure yeah. to be in this podcast. Yeah. yeah thank you. And uh, I want to invite every, everyone who listens to this podcast to our pitch contest or demo day. Check out our website, our LinkedIn, our social networks. right? Yes. Okay, and on LinkedIn, you can. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I, yes, I would love everything. to do that and plan on doing that. Um, this is The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. Um, we appreciate you coming here to listen to us. We are aimed at uh, entrepreneurs, startups, and founders, and the angels, VCs, investors, and family offices who tend to serve them. Um and hope, we hope serve them. And uh, it's great to be here uh, with Renat. And um, we, we just hope everybody 
uh, within the sound of our voice, stay safe and well. So thanks for not, and uh, we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Bye.